Hello and welcome to Hi Jenks, the place where we make the necessary unnecessary. I'm Joe, one of two people involved in this particular show. Joined today by Noah. Noah, Steph Curry just hit the record for most three-pointers ever in the NBA. Have you ever set a record for anything? I'm pretty sure I hold two records and you uh, probably have some familiarity with both of them. I'm not sure if you've been there any of the, I think, three or four times now that I've broken my own record for most sneezes and, and times blowing my nose in a 24 hour period, <laughs> a treasured record by all it's, it's one of those annual, I don't want to say holidays, but holidays that I know you look forward to when I just go through a whole full <laughs> box of tissues because my allergies are so bad. It's just one of the many uh, charms of living in Texas. The other record, most residences, in a 10-year period, it's not something I'm particularly proud of, but just pick a 10-year period, any 10-year period. <laughs> not, not a specific 10-year period, any, any rolling 10-year period. Well, little caveat, not, not the last few years, but yeah, say from 18 to 35, just pick any 10-year period and I would go head-to-head with just about anybody you know. I, I would take me. I would take, I would take your boy, minus one. That's an anonymous record because moving sucks. I mean, it's like that's moving is the freaking worst. And so you're putting yourself through uh, extra, extra moves. Maybe you're upgrading every time. What was it always an upgrade? You that's know, a silver always- lining. Well, you know what they say. You talk yourself into the upgrade, of course. There's, there's one thing that really shows emotional stability. It's moving all the time. So <laughs> I think we can all. That's what employers all- like to see, a pattern of instability. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've had to spin that story enough times, but you know, yeah, I mean, were they all upgrades? No, but it's up and to the right. You know, you, you plot it out. There were some parallel moves. There were some steps back, <laughs> but we're up and to the right. We're, we're now in the, the leader quadrant. So, you know, no looking back. I've probably got the record for most improved, most, most improved awards, uh, which the secret to that is starting off quite terribly and then working hard and getting good, but you can't start out really well. You'll never get most improved. So like I won most improved three times as a swimmer. I was eight years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, most improved. They were like, Oh, we're just going to rename the award after you. Like every year I'd come in with really slow times and then I'd, I'd get better. Uh, I also got hardest worker in high school swim team. So there's a, there's a pattern there where I'm not always like the best of things to start off with, but I'm usually churning, trying to get good. Even like a flag football, my flag football team, I got most improved receiver and I was a referee. I got most improved referee for integral <laughs> refs in college. <laughs> that might be the, the one I'd be least proud of. The others are all awesome, but most improved referee. <laughs> I mean, that's not something you want to come in and, and be poor at. That means you were really messing up some games. I'm going to say that was the exception. Uh, that was the exception. Like flag football is like, yeah, I, I had to get used to catching the ball uh, in that, in that way. I had to get some gloves going, got some gloves going. I was in good shape after that the next year, but uh, for referee, I'm going to say it was more of a good, great, you know, if I, if I don't mind. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. You learned the rules for the sport that you were. Uh, football, football, like football. So yeah, the action moves fast. Those fraternity sorority games. I mean, they would be fast moving, fast paced uh, action there. You'd be out be like, 30 degrees outside. It's 9 30 PM championship game. You got big crowds. Oh yeah. I can have, 
guys with the NFL refs walking uphill both ways to the field, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I think you're selling yourself short because you're forgetting a very important, most improved that I was on hand to witness at the Denton Red Lobster. I believe you were most improved oh, Bahama Mama, uh, 2003, <laughs> most improved Bahama Mama. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. The first, the first season um, that floater was sinking and <laughs> that is, that is not what a floater does. So. It takes a while to figure out just the right amount of ice that you have to put in there. You know, we're bartending at Red Lobster. You know, this is one of our, we should bring this up every podcast that we bartend at Red Lobster. It's a, uh, you know, well, Sadly, I didn't work my way up to bartender. What? I was just a, a little old server <laughs> those days. Oh, man, really? I thought they led you back there. Okay. Nah, I didn't want to, you know, you only got so much bartending energy in your life. I wanted to save it. Yeah, I tell people like, uh, I'll be like, yeah, I used to be a bartender in college. They're like, oh, uh, really? It sounds awesome when you say it like that. Like, oh, really? They're like, yeah, I read lobster. And then they go. <laughs> They go, oh, okay. Oh, uh, it's like their head tilts to the side. They're going, well, really? It's uh, uh, I mean, so you know your way around a blender. I guess, I guess that counts. <laughs> yeah, it's the a thing and drop off. I remember definitely the Bahama has got to be real firm. That way, the mama just sits on top. You need a lot of ice. Yeah, the passion pina colada, very similar. You got the mm-hmm. passion fruit at the top. Yeah, yeah. Keep spinning those drinks. Can't All right, let's get to better where way to spin our minds. <laughs> <laughs> Only 690 calories. Uh, all right, what's on my mind? That the NFL does not care at all that your team has two dozen COVID cases. <laughs> They're like, game on, fellas. Doesn't matter. Washington football team, Cleveland, they both got 18 COVID cases right now as of recording this on Wednesday. The NFL's like, great. See you guys at 1 p.m. Game's still going. Don't even think about trying to cancel this. It's like you've reserved, like you're getting married. You've already reserved the space. They don't care if you call the wedding off. They're like, yeah, that's great. The check still needs to come this way. Like they're like, do you have an extra athletic trainer you, you could fit in? You know, sign them up, promote them up to the uh, active squad. You got to roll duct tape or something, roll them out there. We don't care. Put them at defensive end, water bottle, whatever it might be. So NFL could not care less. The games are going on steadfast and forward. And how are these guys getting so much COVID? I mean, that's something we need to talk about. Like, I get it. We've got multiple variants now, and and the newest one is more contagious, it seems, spreads faster. But I've got some questions for these guys, man. It's like, get out of each other's face or stop licking the other person's helmet. I don't know what they're doing, but there seems to be an unnecessary amount of transmission over the last two weeks. Like the majority of these people are, are vaccinated. And I realize that doesn't mean you can't get the infection. Just something about this data doesn't line up for me. 75 cases this, this week for the NFL, like uh, just all, all of a sudden, like they test on Mondays, apparently and yeah. comes on Monday and they test. It's like, what do you guys they don't doing? test Sundays? Cause they don't want anyone testing positive. <laughs> on game day and screwing everything which up. is great when you get the notice i'm sure all the the players on the opposing team feel great when monday morning they found out their opponent tested positive <laughs> yeah. i'm sure he just got it this morning the guy like offensive lineman versus defensive lineman or something yeah maybe yeah. that's it maybe they're just in each other's face on the it's field a good that point. Uh, luckily there's very there's no evidence of on-field transmission so hmm. that that's evidence a, being the keyword 
<laughs> where what what say you this evidence? Uh, so it's I wonder amazing how, how you can't find evidence you don't look for. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, nope, haven't found a single case. Nope. Uh, uh, can we take a no? No reason to take a look. There's no evidence of it. So uh, pretty sure it's all good. Wait about the already- seventy five people. I'm telling you, no evidence of it. Just We've keep already walking, pal. Look and not found anything. So there's yeah. nothing. We can we swabbed the whole field. Trust us. How many guys are getting COVID and how many guys are just like sharing uh, locker room space? You know, like what are the protocols here? You know, like if, if one quarterback gets it, they're all in the room together to, you know, all these guys. Yeah. Right. That, that is the protocol. I think it's like proximity. I don't know the exact, um, you know, parameters. I'm also wondering about showers. Can we get these guys private showers? Are they still doing the group shower thing? We all know that it can be situation. Yeah, exactly. Guys are on a pole. I mean, think about it. That could be what's going on here. (laughs) NFL should launch an investigative probe to the (laughs) The showering. showering. Yeah. We're going to need more on your facilities. So Baker has COVID and is case Keenum. Like how, how much of a downgrade is case Keenum is the question. I hopefully Baker's okay. Not much. Not much. I, I'm saying if this is one, two games, Case Keenum's going to look awesome. But the, the part of my take, guys, they have a very good take on this one with backups. And, and they're, they're correct, in my opinion, that most of these backup guys that stick around, the thing is, it's like a relief pitcher. Yeah. Bring them in for a couple innings. Yep. They, and they can mow some guys down, right? Like they'll look good. You need them to play like five games though. The wheels start to fall off and you're like, Oh boy. Yeah. That's why he's not. So I feel like he's that guy. Like he's going to come in, he's going to make some plays. It's going to be exciting. And, you know, to, to, you know, <laughs> discredit Baker. Once again, I think it's not going to help his case because Baker's just not been good at all, but yeah, hopefully the Browns and Browns fans, don't get caught up in it and think Case Keenum is actually the answer here because he's certainly not. But, you know, it, it should be a fun couple of games. Gardner Minshew, Jalen Hurts, kind of that same vein. Minshew, exactly. Awesome. Well, the Jets, they were Gardner getting, Minshew. Yeah, I think Hurts. You know, Minshew's like the new Case Keenum. Yeah, I, I like Minshew as the new like Ryan Fitzpatrick. What do you think about that? It's kind of fun, right? Oh, no, that's too much credit. Too much credit? Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. Awesome. I think he's going to hang around the league. He, he's bottom end starter, top end backup guy. He is. I mean, yeah, he is. I just, I don't like the mustache. I don't like the shtick. I was doing mustaches. We were doing mustaches, man. We started oh, yeah. this thing like oh two. We were the and first people in history to have mustaches, if I recall correctly. Now people are doing it to be ironic and the hipster thing. It's like, guys, old news. <laughs> we were we were just doing mustaches because we were not cool. So we needed mustaches. Yeah. And we had extra mascara that we needed to use to thicken them up. As everyone does. As, As everyone those does. with blonde mustaches do. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. Yeah. Thanks for the tip. Thanks for the tip, Larry. Uh, okay. Urban Meyer, a mess as usual. Uh, he was asked, Andre Cisco, one of the players for the team, that I don't know. I don't know who Andre Cisco is, but I'm not the only one. Urban Meyer doesn't know who he is either. They ask, uh, oh, is he? Uh, you know, I think he's playing a little bit more. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. He did not play at all, zero snaps. So he's not paying any attention. To who is playing, who's coming in, what is he doing? He, he's like just focused on his clapping. He's like, I want to look like I'm excited for the camera. He's also just like a class A grade asshole 
uh, Josh Lambeau today was like, yeah, he kicked me in training camp. He kicked the kicker. Uh, so he just comes up, he missed a kick in training camp and he said he, he graded it a five out of 10, uh, as far as like hardness of impact. He's like, it wasn't nothing, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't everything, but it wasn't nothing. He was like five out of 10 and I'm a kicker. I don't touch my legs, bro. And he was like, my leg was extended. He comes up and kicks me and it's like, start making your F and kicks. And it, you know, so just like, I didn't see that. Who is this guy? Yeah. This was like 30 minutes before we started recording. Like, <laughs> what a loser man i mean get get rid of this guy he needs to go urban meyer finger on the pulse as always doesn't even know if or if not players are playing more or less than they did last week what we need to happen next and hopefully someone hears this and can make it happen if not we're gonna have to figure out a way to get press passes and and make it happen ourselves but we could totally get into one of these post-game press conferences with urban meyer and ask him uh, and just make up names and guarantee oh, I like he it. won't know that we made up names. We'll be like, yeah, yeah, Urban, uh, there's been rumors that Sammy Davis is someone you're trying to target free agency. Is that true? And he'll be like, well, we, we're taking a look at him. We had a meeting about it. <laughs> yeah. We take all these names very seriously. Like how many would it take before he was, he was onto it? Back to Baker talk, as we call it here on hijinks. Baker Mayfield, you mentioned the Browns were probably going to pick up his fifth-year option. Well, turns out they did back in April. They did? And, well, that's what the Google said. And uh, because I was looking up just how much, you know, was on the line to see, you know, thinking they still had the choice to make. And uh, he's just eligible for a contract extension. Okay, they picked up the option, but he they, they haven't signed to an extension yet. Yeah, so he's on he's on the books for next year. And they did this in April. I don't know, you know, if there's other considerations here, but it seems like a horrible decision by the Browns. Like why, why pull the trigger on that in April, unless they just had to, why not give it a little more time? Because I can't imagine right now they're thinking, Oh, we're so glad we're paying this guy 18 million next year. Like he just really looks like crap. You're saying he's not going to be worth the 35 mil for five years that he's probably going to get when they win one playoff game this year. You think he's staying in Cleveland? Uh, I, I, I hope not. I think he stays in Cleveland. God, oh, we'll I mean, see how this year turns out, but yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I'm calling it. Maybe it's just coming from a, a place of optimism, but I, I say the writing's on the wall. Cleveland does not give him another contract. So that would imply that they draft a quarterback this year. So, you know, to your point, if they win a playoff game and then, you know, first round picks, not right. They're a good team is the problem. If they were a bad team to go the other direction. Right. I mean, you're going to like sign Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold. Like we, we see these teams trying. No, they got to draft some. I mean, you know, not everyone can be the Patriots, but you know, the the Patriots were able to find a pretty good quarterback later in the first round. And, you know, there's been Jalen hurts types that are second round. So, you know, they got to draft somebody. Mahomes was like 11th overall. Crazy. Right. I think. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, I think. Well, the draft class, at least when I looked a couple of weeks ago at the Lamar was 32nd. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, he was, yeah, he was barely, obviously barely in the first. I looked at the prospects the other day though, for first round picks and there's like no quarterbacks next year. It's like, it looks like a really bad class. So, I mean, who knows, but on paper, it looks like a really bad class. So who knows, you know, hopefully they, they find somebody in that late first or, or second round that can do something. In contrast to this year's stellar class, that's yeah. the charts of all timer 
Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, who looks awful. Uh, Trey Lance, who's not on the field. Justin Fields, who's looked kind of promising. Anyway, Mac, it's weird. Like this year was a good quarterback class. We're not, even then, we're not seeing the benefits. All right, tell us about Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is having a hell of a season. He is on pace for, for some historic numbers. And of course, we're in, in the 17 game season now. So you have to asterisk all the records, which means you have to say the word asterisk, ask, ask, ask <laughs> a lot. And uh, it's, it's <laughs> painful. Asterisk. Uh, he, he's catching 8.69, which is pretty cool. Passes a game, receptions a game. Okay. That's 148 is the pace for 17 games, but 139 would, would have been on the old schedule yards, 115 a game on pace for 1947, 1,947. If he plays the rest of the games healthy, that would be just over 1800 yards on a 16 game projection. He has 12 touchdowns, which projects to 15 or 16, depending on the, the you know amount of games. Right. Well, when you look at the all timers, you know, my, my quick uh, analysis is he's, got a 20 top 20 all-time season going wow um, you know just assuming you know he, he's averaged maybe a little below average the rest of the way stays healthy if he finishes this on a high note and exceeds you know his average projections here he's got a chance to be like a top 10 all-time season i i think when you put together all these numbers so let's look at the all-time records 149 is the most receptions by Michael Thomas, which is crazy to think he has the record because now he may never play again. And he looked really bad last time we saw him play. It's a really kind of bizarre situation. Um, yeah, fell off a cliff. Fell off a cliff. I mean, injury, but also seemed like maybe that there was something else going on. There's a couple of guys up there in, in the 140s, but um, that's, you know, the one that Cooper's definitely got a shot, you know, uh, with the 17-game season. He can break it. Maybe he could, you know, you could say he, he does it in 16 games if he really goes off, but, but no doubt, you know, he's, he's up there. If he's on pace, that's one of those where I think they'll get it for him, you know, probably. Yeah, totally. Yardage, you know, similar, uh, the 17 game schedule, he could potentially match Calvin Johnson records, 1964, 1964, which is wild. Um, I seems like there has been a 2000 yard receiver, but I guess not now that, now that, we're looking at it. Um, 1833 would be the 16 game pace though. So that does show, you know, how amazing these seasons were by these guys that, you know, Calvin Johnson did that in a 16 game season. And then the craziest one though, to me that Cooper cup really has no shot at even on a 17 game schedule is the touchdown record, which Jerry Ross, uh, Jerry Rice, <laughs> Jerry Ross is a friend of mine, Jerry Rice, 22 not, touchdowns not, uh, in the conversation for greatest NFL wide receiver of all time. No, no, no. Uh, makes a, a, a great lasagna though. 22 touchdowns, Jerry Rice. I mean, gotta be the goat still. Um, oh yeah. There, there's some oh. argument for, for these other guys, but Randy Moss beat it. As we all know with Tom Brady, he has 23 incredible 16 game seasons. Cooper cup is at 12 and has been awesome. I thought he was going to be close to the record. I was like, let me check this out. Cause it felt like, he was up there. He's not going to be close. He would have to have what 11, 12 more touchdowns in three games to meet that pace. So it just goes to show how incredible Randy Moss and Jerry Rice were, especially those seasons that they set those records, by the way, the rest of the list after that 18, there's nobody within 
four touchdowns. So Twenty-two <laughs> is the record. Then eighteen is the set. Is like the twenty-three is now the record. So Randy Moss beat Rice by one. Okay, so twenty-three. Okay. Then Jerry Rice at twenty-two, and then third place is like a four or five way tie. Eighteen. Like no one else has even beat eighteen. Uh, building on this ass to risk situation, Jerry Rice that trivia time that 22 touchdowns came in the 1987 strike short yes yes, 12 games he had 22 touchdowns in 12 games literally i I mean i kind of want to go back and just watch that youtube i mean what was going on like how that's unbelievable so he would have 30 you know he could have 30 yeah (laughs) 50 you know he said he was just building speed so but but just that cooper cup is kind of like in the conversation for all these records like most catches yeah exactly that's why i say like you know it's a top 20 season just if he keeps an average pace if he you know somehow i would say if he you know gets up to the reception number close to the reception number close to the yardage number you know even if it is in the 17 games then it, it feels like you know maybe a top 10 season obviously you know, Randy Moss had at least one of those. Rice probably had a couple. You know, you think of guys like Marvin Harrison, uh, T.O., you know, they're probably in that that conversation as well. But but Cooper Cup from Ooh. Eastern Washington now in that conversation. Are we going to be thinking about Cooper Cup as like an all-time receiver? Like, obviously, he would need to do this for several more years, but he, he's having an all-time season. It, it is yeah. worth, uh, you know, pretty unreal. He, he freak, yeah. All right, I want to talk about the college football portal. Uh, it's really picking up speed here. This is like free agency for college athletes now, which, so my question is, but it's, it's getting a little out of hand. Like people are just going willy nilly left and right. Is this uh, independence for young kids that we should celebrate or reactionary chaos? Like, a, you know, an athlete gets benched or he doesn't work out. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm moving. You know, what, what side of the fence are you coming out here? How would you talk about this? I don't like it. It definitely seems like too much, you know, the, I don't know the exact changes that have happened, but I have noticed the increase in quantity and quality of the, the transfers. It's like all of a sudden, all these guys that have started for years at, at top schools are transferring. It seems like every day there's another one announced. It seems like too much. I mean, the South Lake Carroll kid that went to Ohio State, it's seemingly to make money off these endorsements with really no path to playing in the next few years. And then now can just transfer to UT and go like that. Whole situation, like they've got to fix that. Like now that they can get paid, which is amazing. I'm glad they can get paid, but he found the loophole like right away. And you know, he says this wasn't the intention. Maybe it wasn't, but I grew up right next to South Lake. And I can tell you that is one of the top football factories in the nation. So oh, yeah. just knowing the type of families over there and, you know, what it means to have a kid uh, as a starting quarterback at South Lake Carroll. So he, he, do you know this story? No, tell me. He changed his draft class. He skipped his senior year when they said that they can make money off, you know, endorsements or their likeness or whatever they're calling it. So he goes, oh, okay, fine. Well, um, in that case I'll go to, Ohio state and just skip my senior year. And apparently there's no rule against that, which seems really dangerous to have, you know, uh, a young kid that may not be physically ready to compete at somewhere like Ohio state, um, just willy nilly quitting high school, but that's just one side of it. So then he goes up there. They of course, like always have like three amazing quarterbacks. So this 17 year old kid, even though he was a number one, the number one quarterback recruit in the country, it was still going to be at least a couple of years, if not a few to be considered. 
well, he doesn't play at all, of course. And now he's like, uh, actually, I'm going to transfer to UT and change my um, class, like whatever that's called. So he's now going back to what he originally was. Or maybe or something. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like that never even happened. He made almost a million dollars or over a million dollars from endorsements. And now like, you know, he basically just got to skip a year of high school and make a million dollars. And so in a way it's like, cool, glad they could get paid. Yeah. If there's a loophole, well, we got to fix it, but it just seems like a shitty thing all the way around. It's just a weird situation. I'm not going to come up anti-independence for young athletes. I don't think they should be like locked in. Used to be if they wanted to transfer, they had to sit out a year. And that part seems stupid. That's really punitive. But now it's a little bit like, oh, you want to transfer? Okay, cool. Here, here you go. Sure. So I'm not sure. It's like a revolving door. I, you know, and it, I guess the coaches, I wonder if the coaches like it because recruiting never ends, you know, and uh, I don't know. It, it certainly makes it interesting and worth talking about, but uh, whether it makes it better, I'm not sure. Yeah. Speaking of recruiting, Deion Sanders has already proven to maybe be one of the greatest recruiters ever. He snagged either the number one greatest high stepper ever title. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe greatest nickname, uh, greatest Jerry curl. Certainly. If we remember early neon Dion playing Uh, for the Atlanta fashion fashion icon, the old uh, sweatband around the throat. That man, but that FS that was the FSU Dion, right? Mm, oh yeah, he carried it onto the the Falcons and and uh, Braves, I believe, as well. I have some baseball card memories of Dion like with the Dion Sanders posters in your uh, bedroom, Noah. Well, you know, just one for each team he ever played behind for. the door. He got the number one or number two, depending on who you ask, recruit in the whole country. Like, what, what college is he at now? Jackson State. Had head coach for Jackson State. Okay. Yeah. FCS school. This kid had committed to Florida State. He was, you know, like one or two in the country. So he had Georgia. He had the usual suspects he could choose. And Dion got him to commit to Jackson, got him to decommit from Florida State, which is Dion's alma mater, which makes it all the better for headlines to go to Jackson State. And I think it's awesome. For one, it's like, you know, whatever. That's what he wants to do. And, you know, he was feeling, Dion, then cool, let him do it. And I also think it's pretty smart. I don't know if if Dion used this argument, or I shouldn't say argument, but recruiting tactic or not. But this day and age, someone that is that talented, it's not going to matter that they went to Jackson State. Like if he comes in and dominates the way they're saying he can and is awesome, you know, from the jump. I, I am in the school of thought that he won't be punished for that. And he'll still be, you know, drafted the NFL and all that stuff. Right. Like there's all these examples now of guys coming from smaller schools, or it seems like there's more visibility with all of the, you know, 24 hour news cycle, the, this thing we're calling the World Wide web applications on your digital mobile devices. So I, I think it's cool. I, you know, always like Dion. So let's go. That was my question for you. You know, is this, you know, it's like, would you recommend to this young man that he should do this? Uh, You know, because there's one way where I think, yeah, I agree with you that it doesn't matter as much where you go and small school is totally fine because there's more cameras. Every game is televised now. It's not like back in the 70s where only some of the games were televised. Having said that, there's a benefit to playing against higher level competition. And that's always been and practicing with better players and so on the pros, he's going to learn from Dion, you know, greatest cornerback of all time. 
pro. And I'm sure Dion is like, I will personally mentor you. Like I will be living in your dorm room, you and me, buddy, <laughs> going to your, I'm going to your classes. We're, we're doing this thing 24 seven together. On the other hand, like, you know, he's not going to be going up against as good a competition. In fact, maybe significantly less. So I don't know. It's like, what, you know, would you recommend if he, you know, he asked you, well, should I do this? What do you think? Well, I think there's a lot more variables than we really acknowledge. It doesn't make for good, you know, headlines and bite-sized media to talk about. No nuance allowed. <laughs> yeah. To talk about someone's life, you know, um, maybe, you know, there's things like, it felt like the best town for him. You know, he, he had a good chemistry with the whole coaching staff. He felt at home. Like he didn't, you know, um, want to be under the microscope as an 18 year old and wants to be able to, you know, develop as a, you know, maybe Dion was, had, did a good job of painting that picture of the advantages of, you know, not being, uh, in that spotlight so soon, like grow into it. You know, there, there's all these other things that we just, start to talk about these guys like they're machines like they're robots and you know uh, don't take the the context like you said the nuance the 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 human side of it that who knows what his reasons are right like mm -hmm. there, there could be things maybe his family is there right like you just never know what the reasons are and you know i i'm i'm going after the uh, glass half full on this one and, and hoping it works out for him Today's show is brought to you by Zane's Zappers, the ethical approach to ridding yourself of bothersome rodents and pests. Sure, we all get annoyed by unwanted visitors to our dinner table, outdoor eating setups, or family picnics, but when you use all your might to smack a fly into oblivion with a rolled up magazine, doesn't part of you feel like an unnecessary stone cold killer? Zane's Zappers solves that problem. Zane Zappers uses proprietary technology to talk pests into flying away instead of zapping them with poison. Simply point a Zane Zapper right into the eyes of the bug, rodent, vermin, or any other pest problem you might be having, and Zane Zappers zap or transmit encoded psychology techniques to encourage the fly to get out of there. You can't persuade people to do things they don't want to do, and Zane understands that. That's why with Zane Zappers, you never have to worry about feeling like a jerk face maniac for slamming a hornet into the wall. Just point the zapper in their direction and the hornet finds a new sense of self-direction and purpose that includes being anywhere but at your picnic table. Stop killing rodents with poison. Start instilling them with a newfound sense of purpose and persuade them that they want to be anywhere but here. Zane Zapper is the humane approach to a pest-free home. Zane Zappers roaches pests fleas and ticks come my way and i'll tell you a secret let's get to the unnecessary bets of the week these bets are so unnecessary everybody go and grab your devil i'm starting us off here i want to go with a big favorite favorites were crushing last week they were 12 and 1 overall and 11 and two against the spread 11 and three, if you count Monday night football. So a crazy week for favorites underdogs have been on a roll the whole season. And this was like crazy regression to the mean type of week last week. And I actually think this is the time of year where that happens. So give me the bills minus 10 and a half. They lost to Tampa Bay last week, coming off a tough loss. I still think they're a good team. I still believe in the bills. They're just, it's just not totally clicking, but at home versus Carolina, total get right spot going from playing Tampa Bay to playing Carolina is like going from like some crazy call of duty game to like the original super Mario brothers. Like, Oh my gosh, everything's so simple here. So the game is just easier for the bills this week. Give me the bills. 
Well, now that we have asserted ourselves as a leader in the betting podcast game, we just can't miss these last few weeks, it seems. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and keep that momentum going. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers minus five and a half at Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's banged up that ankle injury. He had to be carted off. You know, this feels like the Kyler Murray kind of thing where they're like, no, no, he's, he's questionable. Day to day. Yeah, that's a multi-week thing. If he does play, he's not going to be Lamar Jackson that we know. So it feels like this line is not taking that into consideration. Um, I I think the Packers roll. I'm with you on that. I think good chance for the Packers to establish themselves. All right, my second best bet is the Eagles. Minus six at Washington football team. They started out minus four, and now it's minus six because Washington football team has all these COVID uh, outbreak and, and things going on. But I think it's going to catch some steam. I probably wouldn't even be surprised to get seven, seven and a half, maybe. At the end of the week, it might be John Hurts, might be Gardner Minshew. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Washington football is rolling out a piece of duct tape out uh, left defensive end this week. So they have nothing. Give me the Eagles minus six. I'll tell you one thing. I bet this piece of duct tape sticks around. <laughs> the Eagles minus six. It, still on the field. Too many men on the field. No. <laughs> It failed to substitute out. God darn it. Get Somebody out. get that tape off the field. <laughs> this one jumped out so much. And in that division, this division feels a little bit like AFC West, where it's like AFC West, but just worse. Um, it's whack-a-mole. Every week you yeah. think you got it figured out and you don't, right? Like last week, I took Washington football team at home plus six and a half. That seemed like a lot to give a home team and the Cowboys weren't playing well. And, you know, sure enough, Washington looked horrible. So I'm going same bet, which we've seen, you know, can be a little scary around here, but we broke that curse though. We had, we had the same bet and it worked one time. We broke that curse. The voodoo doll once again, proves effective, but it scares me, but Hey, I'm rolling with it. Eagles are a better team and they're at home off the bye. So we'll see if it works. All right, my third one is the Noah Civil War game. Bengals versus Broncos, the battle of orange. Who will, who will prevail? Give me the Bengals plus two and a half at Broncos. I understand Teddy is like 42 and 20 against the spread all times a QB, but that's mostly as an underdog, as a favorite. I don't like it as much. I think the Bengals are good-ish, and that's going to work. That's going to be just enough. They lost the Niners <laughs> last week, but they good-ish, plus two and a half. Give me the Bengals. Well, I, I have a new opinion that I need to share, and it is that Teddy Bridgewater sucks. I <laughs> didn't want to say it. I wanted to believe that his dink and dunk style would work for a team like this. But my God, if I have to watch him throw another eight-yard pass, <laughs> pull my hair out. <laughs> he just refuses to throw the ball down the field. Now, I don't know if it's the play calling. I mean, you know, it could be a mix because the play calling seems really lame too. But, oh God, I mean, literally everything is is under 10 yards. And, you know, he, he, two glove Teddy, I love you, bro. I love the the fashion statement you've made with, with the gloves over the years. But they got it. And, and I don't think Drew Locke's the answer either, man. He's... Uh, he, he just doesn't seem like the guy. So Broncos got to draft a quarterback. They had the chance to draft Justin Fields. That is well, that well, well, we don't need to talk about all that. I mean, it's yeah. like it's just going to be one of those conversations just forever. Like when the Eagles drafted Rager over Justin Jefferson. Uh, yeah, that one brutal. Same position. And JJ Arthega Whiteside over uh, DK Metcalf. I mean, so oh god, yeah, the tracker. Yeah, it was just that 
we're still talking about that. Eagles fans are still talking about that. It will never stop talking about it. So it's just kind of one of those conversations, even though Patrick Sertan's been good. Yeah, uh, I just say, Sertan's been one of the best defensive rookies, yeah. so can't be mad at that pick. But yeah, if, if it was a good up pick. Being, they didn't take him over Fields. Did they trade down? Is that what happened? No, Fields was like went 11th. So, oh, they actually did take him over. Yeah, field. they took him over Fields. Oh, wow. So it was a good pick. It's just the opportunity cost. Just lightning round here. Won't keep us to these, but big games this week. Chiefs Chargers on Thursday night. You got the Chargers plus three or Chiefs minus three, however you want to think about it. Chargers at home. And the New England at Indianapolis, Indies minus two. Just give me a lightning round pick on these. Give me Chargers. Okay, I can't see myself betting on the Chargers. I'm going to go Chiefs. Yeah, I just, I'm just hopeful for you know, a, a little new blood, as I've said before, but the chiefs are rolling and I, you know, I, I'm never going to bet on new England. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I'll either be wrong or I'll, I'll be left out. Um, yeah, I'm with that. I, I'm rooting <laughs> for Indy. I'm rooting for Indy in this case, but uh, I'll probably go the road teams. Give me chiefs in new England. All right. My themed parlay of the week, the windy city wins parlay going the windy city teams here, Chicago, Got to go Windy City there. Chicago plus three and a half versus the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Give me San Francisco, the other Windy City, minus nine, laying the wood at home versus Atlanta. And then the third Windy City, this city isn't known for being particularly windy, but I have a feeling come December, Buffalo gets pretty freaking windy. So Buffalo minus ten and a half at home versus Panthers. The Windy City wins parlay, Chicago, San Francisco, Buffalo. I'm going with the Frank Gore parlay yes you are correct in your assumption that we're talking about the teams with the biggest balls the chargers i guess i guess i am turned into a chargers guy they they got a little they got a yellow it's almost orange that lighting bulb um, that lighting bulb is cool they had some blue uniforms darker blue royal blue maybe those were looking pretty sweet uh, i thought i liked the baby blues then i saw that royal blue yeah i love that powder blue yeah, well, well, powder, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm taking them. Uh, I think they got some balls. They, uh, uh Brandon Staley it. goes, he really goes for it. He, he goes, goes for it. I'll turn to 10. Yeah. Yeah. So plus three home versus Chiefs. The Colts, they got, they got big balls. When I, I think about that running game, I think about that offensive line. Yeah. 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 I mean, and again, you know, against the Pats. So all the more reason. And the Titans, what, what can I say, man? You know, we didn't have much faith in the Titans, but, they seem to be pretty solid and you know, where it is, Derek Henry could be coming back. So, you know, can't quite count them out yet. The Steelers look like an absolute disaster. They somehow came back and made the Vikings game interesting after one of the worst first halves anyone's ever seen. Uh, but still, man, I, I don't give the Steelers any hope. I, I think Tomlin's lost in the locker room and, you know, there, it seems the, uh, the age divide <laughs> may, may not be working out there with, with big Ben and, and Tom, <clears throat> Tomlin and the other old guard and, and the young guys like uh, Claypool and, and Deontay Johnson. It just, it doesn't seem like it's clicking. So give me Titans minus one and a half. I think Frank Gore would like this parlay. I think he'd be all over the Colts running game and all over the Titans running game. So Frank Gore is like, sign me up. Does I'll be, he'll be, we'll be in the games. That's Frank the Gore approved. Parlay. You're predicting a Frank Gore resurgence. He shows up, lines up at running back for the Titans this week. Now, let's take a look in the crystal ball. Crystal ball. 
forward to college football playoff after the rivalry rivalry week. That's a tricky one to say. And the championship week, I thought Georgia was, was the team to beat. I am no longer thinking that I, I think Michigan's the team to beat. I know okay. Harbaugh doesn't have the, the track record, but this team feels different, man. They, they, you know, of the five or six games I've seen this season, I've seen Michigan a couple of times. So I'm telling you, they got a little something. So give me Michigan uh, against Georgia, right? Yeah, that's who they're going first. So they got to go through this yeah. SEC gauntlet. I mean, they got to be Georgia right. and probably Alabama. Right. So, you know, Alabama, Cincinnati, of course, give me Alabama on that one. I, I even took them against the, the spread. I don't remember. 30 points or something. What's the spread? No, I don't think it was that bad. I think it was like 18 or something. Okay, that's a lot for a playoff yeah. game. Let's see what it is now. But yeah, so give me Alabama, Michigan in the final. And yeah, to your point, if that happens, Alabama is going to be favorite because, you know, if they get past Georgia, they're going to be Michigan's going to be beat up. But, uh, you know, Alabama's up there with New England. You know, same kind of vibes for me. Oh, she's yeah. Like, and they're, they're friends, too, Saban and Belichick. Yeah, she's like, okay, awesome. Alabama in the championship again. Yay. All right, so I'm looking forward to the – we have Thursday night football. We have Sunday football. We have Monday night football. And now we have Saturday football. We have four days a week where we have NFL games, I think, from now to the end of the season. So, giddy up. Let's go. Saturday NFL games. Even more reasons – to barely pay attention to your family over the holidays. Oh, uh, normally I'd be down, but it's uh, the game's on. I can't, you know, I got the playoffs here. So I think this is a good time of year though, because coinciding with more games being on every week and it's dominating our lives and us being happy to do that, that this is kind of when the, like we had the favorites win. There was the big week for the favorites last week. I kind of don't think that's an accident. Teams get focused, teams giddy up. They're getting ready to get in final form here. So looking forward to seeing like what happens. A lot of these games we talked about, these are, you know, these are huge games, New England and Indianapolis, like on Saturday night, that's, you know, Indianapolis needs this to make the playoffs probably. And New England needs this to get the one seed. So this is a huge game. We're going to learn a lot about these teams. So I'm looking forward to this. So I looked up the lines. It's 13 and a half. So not, not as crazy, but uh, give me still. Yeah. Yeah. Taking, taking Alabama and that the Georgia Michigan's eight which seems like a lot to get Georgia from. minus eight. Yeah. Georgia minus eight. seems like a lot. So give me, give me Michigan plus eight. I think if you believe in Michigan, you can get them eight to one to win the title. Something like that still. And that's our show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. Bet big on Michigan. If you're like Noah, eight to one to win it. We look forward to talking to you again. And until then, stay jinxed. Tune in next week when we discuss why reverse osmosis isn't all it's cracked up to be.